0: What's up, everybody? It's John. Thank you so much for downloading the Rock Tape podcast. I hope everyone is doing well. Thank you so much for all the listens for our last episode with Dr. Jamie Moore. Jamie gave us some great information about his PT practice and some really good stuff for a lot of the early practitioners and those students as well. This week, I have got with me a friend and mentor of mine, uh, David Fleming of Applied Movement Neurology. Now, Applied Movement Neurology is an amazing educational platform that teaches a combination of functional neurology, exercise prescription, biophysics, and integrative medical concepts into this comprehensive system of training and therapy for personal trainers and also complementary healthcare practitioners. This system is a fascinating look at so many, um, not discussed as, as David and I say in our interview, topics that are not as discussed as we would want them to be too. So David takes us down a path of some very interesting research that's available to us and some of the things that he's put together with his journey. I am a huge fan of AMN. I've gone through their coursework. I actually am a mentor for them as well too, working with some of the younger practitioners. And it's a really, really interesting and fascinating look into a different perspective of healthcare. And that's what we're here for, right? Is looking at different perspectives and learning new things. So I really hope you enjoy my conversation with david if you want to check out amn academy it is amnacademy.com uh check them out on their website and you can also find them at amn academy on instagram as well without any further ado here's my interview with david fleming all right i am here with david fleming of applied movement neurology david how are you
1: i'm good man thanks for having me on uh your podcast it is a pleasure
0: I'm happy to have you. Uh, you and I have known each other for uh, some time now. You know, I've worked with AMN for a while. I started my course training back in 2016, actually. I remember exactly where I was. I was on, on I was on your side of the pond, actually. Uh, I vividly remember this, and I, I'm not sure why, but this a testament to you. I was in Prague, and I kept looking over uh, all this coursework that you guys were at. I was on your newsletter. And... I just, I, I clicked it, The vesti- it was a vestibular course. I'm like, I got to do this. This stuff is great. And what you present as far as the material through Applied Movement Neurology has really been very helpful for me in my course of study and then getting into practice because it really helped me along with a lot of the stuff that I teach at Rock Tape, really getting into the kind of this neurological side of things. But you guys have uh, a, a bit of a, a different spin on it as well, too, as you start to get into very much the holistic side of practice. So what I really want to talk to you about is kind of the development of how everything came to be, where you come from with this coursework and where it is now and how people can uh, look into it and get a little bit more information. But first and foremost, David, we want to know about you. Um, Tell us a little bit about your background. Tell us a little bit about where you came from, kind of how you got into this healthcare, health and fitness type of realm.
1: Sure. Um... So, yeah, so I've been uh, in and around the health and fitness industry for like the past uh, 20 odd years, I think. Um, I was very, uh, an extremely active kid um, into a lot of um, sports. All I did was sports, essentially basketball and tennis growing up, Um, had no focus for anything else at all. And uh, I hit around, I went to university, studied something I thought I was going to be good at, which was product design. Turns out I actually wasn't very good at that. And whilst at university, I had a, um, what actually kind of got me really started to, towards the fitness industry was, was, um, an essentially an illness that I was suffering for, uh, on and off for a few years, which I had several cases of what's called spontaneous pneumothorax, which is when, um, your lungs collapse essentially, which was, you know, it wasn't the best thing to be going through, um, as a young guy at university. And it was, uh, I ended up having, um, surgeries to anchor my, um, Lungs against the chest wall, removal of the pleura, pleurectomies. So that meant my lungs couldn't collapse anymore. But over there was a period of time with operations and recovery. It's probably probably a couple of years, because they could, they didn't want to do you can't do both lungs at the same time. There's this two-year period where I was really, really not in a good state. And it was um it was difficult uh Emotionally, it was difficult in terms of not being fit and strong and healthy for that period of time. Couldn't really move. Couldn't really train very much. Couldn't do any that kind of stuff. And um, also prior to that, I'd been through a very difficult um, emotional trauma, which had kind of set my life on a on a different path as well. But coming out of that, I, I remember I just decided I wanted to. I just wanted to get back. I wanted to be in a gym. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I went and studied and I got myself a fitness instructor qualification and I saw these guys in this gym I went to, you know, where they had green shirts and they were personal trainers. I was like, I want to do that. And um, that's where it was. That's what it was born of. It was born from the fact that I, I was very fit and healthy and sporty and athletic and something happened where I couldn't do that. I was kind of taken away. And then when I started to heal and recover, I was like, right, I don't ever, ever want to be in that situation again. And that was my initial driving force was to, okay, how can I always know I'm going to be working on my health and fitness? I'll get a job in a gym. And that's kind of where it started. Um, and then, you know, it just evolved. I was, I was, you know, if you, anyone's ever worked as a fitness instructor, there's a lot of time cleaning machines. There's also a lot of time where you get to sit and like, you know, mess around on the the computer in the gym. And I was always researching stuff at that that time. It was like, you know, hypertrophy and strength and this kind of stuff. And um, as I became a personal trainer and moved through and started working with clients, I began to realize that most people are broken (laughs) and I needed the money. So I didn't want to have to send them all away. So I wanted to know um, how I could best serve them and keep them as clients we know still within the realm of being a personal trainer so that sent me on a um a series of investigations as to how to best interact with the human body and i had to kind of come at it from a non-diagnostic perspective i wasn't trained in physical therapy and or chiropractic or osteopathy or anything like that um so i had to find different ways and different understandings and that took me through biomechanics it took me through you know inverted commas corrective exercise work um, it led ultimately towards a functional approach to the brain and, and neurology or functional neurology. Um, along the way, you know, strength and conditioning and, and all, everything you can possibly imagine, um, I, I dipped into to try and learn more about the best way to interact with the human body in this kind of capacity that I worked in, this non-diagnostic um, capacity. And that went on for a long time. And I always thought the thing that I'd studied was the thing to do. Like biomechanics, I was like, this is it. There's nothing better. I can, If I take this approach, I'm going to help everyone. It's obviously not the case because you come up against the client where it doesn't work uh, because whatever's wrong with them is not governed by the methodology that you, you can you can interact with them with. Um, you get towards the brain and the nervous system. You're like, this is it. There's nothing better. I can't do anymore. This is as good as it's ever going to get. And I studied hard for a long time in functional neurological circles in the UK and through um, Z-Health and through bits of uh, various functional neurochiros that taught me a lot of stuff. Um, And then eventually I found out that um, you uh, you could tap on someone and they'd get better. And I was like, well... That's interesting, um, and that also seems really kind of straightforward in comparison to this really complex neuro stuff I was trying to have to work out with my clients to work out where their dysfunctions were in terms of why their muscles weren't firing properly, right. or why they were in pain from a you know, functional perspective, a non-diagnostic perspective. And um, I started to play with that and elaborate on the concept of touching the body and, and tapping and not really knowing why it worked, but it did and it worked so effortlessly at times i was it was so intriguing to me and i really um, started to first shift all of my attention towards trying to work out what that was about and how far can we go because one of the problems with working with any with a client base a broad client base is that you always come across the client that what you do doesn't work anymore and right. you're like well you know how many great white buffaloes do you want in your in your you know therapeutic interventions you don't want very many of them right but they lead you on a path where you have to learn more um and i found that this process which i ended up developing um and became ultimately became formalized into amen academy with this process of utilizing functional assessment and movement uh, which was a big part of it and ultimately lifestyle which is a big part of it but also touch um and muscle testing and then tapping to be able to th- to, to intervene with a Much greater um, volume of the physiology than anything else I'd worked with before. Because, you know, if someone has, if someone's hamstrings inhibited because of something going on with the gastrointestinal system, you can't really see that from movement and you can't um, identify that from possibly looking at eye motion or, you know, functional neurological assessment. You have to have some other method of identifying that as a dysfunction. And that's ultimately what. I've kind of established to be able to do because the, 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 there's kind of no limits to a degree. I mean, I do not say that. That's, that's obviously a foolish thing to say, but you have a much greater um, uh, ability to investigate someone's physiology through this kind of methodology, utilising touch, intention, and muscle testing as feedback, mm-hmm. and taking into account histories and and watching as well um, to be able to help people and to do so in a, in a non-invasive non-diagnostic um, way I, I try to I explain to Luke recently, my business partner, um, that you know what amen is, is is where you can have someone come in and say um, I've had this back surgery I've got this thing wrong with my knee I've, um, I'm, I'm going through a divorce I've got this thing where I don't sleep and um, oh yeah, my gut's been bad for years and you listen to all of that stuff and instead of going, oh, what do I do with this guy? You go, okay and then you just start assessing the physiology Mm -hmm. and you start working with what is ultimately bioelectrical gradients which are correlated directly to dysfunction and then when you when you start to normalize those and add voltage to the body as we started to work out what tapping was it's piezoelectric effect we can talk about all this stuff um you are stimulating the system to get better and they and a lot of the time they do and then when you back that um those interventions up which are non-invasive and as i say non-diagnostic in nature um you back them up with basic lifestyle um applications you know around earthing and nature and suggesting people don't eat certain inflammatory things you know things, that sort of stuff that, that people get better and they do they get get better consistently so mm-hmm. you know now study wise it led me into more um uh, natural medicine and and I'm, I'm a big geek in terms of uh, elements of physics and, and biophysics and and what's called unified um, theories of physics and stuff and how all this ties in and then getting into subtle energy and all this kind of stuff as well because there's just always more there's always more so i'm always uh my journey is always one where i'm looking to find the most fundamental um way to interact with the human being to make it better
0: and i think what you guys do is you have a really good mix of I guess the hard, I guess you could call the hard science, you know the, the neurology that everyone's working with, the movement assessment. So you mentioned before you know, functional neurology, you've got biomechanics in there. Um, and you guys do a really good job of presenting that, because when you start to get into the idea of these bioelectrical gradients, piezotapping stuff like that, we know just the nature of people that that's something that is not necessarily uh, uh, going to draw them in. A lot of people will ask a, a great deal of questions about that kind of thing. So w- one thing that AMN really does is really bring in a lot of the, the, the hard science that, that's there that people kind of already know. And, and say to them like, this is what you know, this is what we're doing, let's refine it, but then there's this new aspect to it. Let's talk about newer systems. Let's talk about newer applications and even more importantly, why those things are gonna be working. So that's really important right now. Let's talk about that. Tell us a little bit about the idea behind these bioelectrical gradients. How does it relate to disease and dysfunction? And then how can we as manual practitioners really start to work with a system like that?
1: Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, great. So uh, anyone who's placing their hands on another human being is already working with bioelectricity. Essentially, the the vast, vast majority of our tissues, from the pineal gland to your DNA, um, is what's called piezoelectric, which basically means it is it, we, we are ultimately liquid crystalline structures that, when a compressive mechanical force is applied to the tissues, um, electricity is released so that's um that that seems pretty fundamental and quite important when i started to understand i was like why why would your you know pineal gland be piezoelectric um why um is your dna piezoelectric why the muscle tissue the bone the um it it all comes down essentially to the fact that one of the most fundamental um ways in which the body works is electrically this it, it you can't really escape it and the more you begin to understand how that system works, and then have a method by through by which you can interact with it, um, you do start to see that you can you can begin to resolve a lot of issues in the body um, without the use of you know uh, huge varied numbers of techniques or or. You would simply work with the fact with the fundamental aspect of our physiology that you're bioelectrical. So, essentially, all tissues, uh, vast majority of tissues, are, are piezoelectric in nature. So, as I say, if you are compressing, touching, um, moving the body in any way, you are releasing electrical gradients. The trick to make it effective is that is is being able to identify where um, there is a disturbance to the electrical activity of the body, because. That's identifying specifically where dysfunction lies, and dysfunction um, seems to have this correlation to some level of, of elevated um, sympathetic arousal or this autonomic um, disturbance. So, when you can identify tissues, systems, um, zones, etc., that are have altered bioelectrical activity, and you can highlight those to the autonomic nervous system and to the brain, and then you can. Use tapping or compression or, or touch in, in, in a way that's appropriate. You can up the voltage in the system. You've got this sort of uh, way, method where you're you're trying to remove um, points of resistance within circuits, and then you're adding voltage. So it's all really about charge and voltage. Charge essentially um, is relating to flow. We want there to be a flow of information. Um, throughout the system and energy or however you want to describe it um, and we want to have enough voltage at appropriate times voltage is the capacity to do work in any electrical system is capacity to do work so if we can at the right times yeah i, I mean the, the the logical starting point um really is um robert becker's work uh, the yeah. body electric that's a very good introduction he was kind of you know really the, kind of the father of, it's a great book yeah um you know the father of this kind of stuff, um, talking about. You know, he was utilizing um electrical gradients and, and setting up DC fields to regenerate limbs and mm-hmm. you know, fingers and and all crazy stuff because he, you know, his his research was around salamanders, which have this yeah. capacity to to regenerate and regrow. And they do so via there being this map that exists, um, the electrical map, um, this DC field map. And uh I, you know, I thought well, there's got to be something to this, there's got to be some way in which we can interact with this and, and utilize it. And I, you know, the stuff is out there that it's, you know, any any system where they're, they're, they're tapping on people, mm-hmm. you can have a bunch of different explanations as to what's going on when you do that. But I think I'm always saying what fundamentally what's the most likely, you know, biophysical, um, What's what's the most fundamental action that's most likely occurring? And when you, you know you start to learn about this stuff, is this is you can't learn about cell physiology and not learn about electrical gradients. Yeah, you know that that's absolutely fundamental. You can't really get into learning about fascia and not come across a piece of electricity. Um, the work of Stecker discusses it in his books. is very popular uh, approach these days, as far as I'm aware. And excellent, um, excellent books. I would say you start with you start with uh with Becker and you'll find your way from there i mean there's so <laughs> many books and references and and um you know articles there's a guy called um halty Vanger, i think his name is i don't know how to pronounce it exactly but he was talking about um an ele- bioelectrical model of of cancer and how um you know measuring um cell voltages noticing that cancerous cells dropped a voltage that the system couldn't read anymore Hmm. and that he was um you know he was working with cancer in that respect and showing that if you if you treated it electrically he had lots of success um Nordenstrom was another guy who was working in a very bioelectrically closed circuits was his um work it's a book that you come across on amazon sometimes and it's like 200 pounds and then other times it's not it's one of those like crazy expensive ones when you find it um but he was he was again treating and curing um very complex cancers with this electrical model yep. i think he was also kicked out of whatever uh, the country was operating in and and you know lots of terrible things happened to him professionally because of the approach he was taking wow. um there's a lot of information available you will start to find it when you start to kind of cruise around from becker and um nordenstrom and, and these kind of guys because um they are they are published and they did have a lot of success um just so you know learning about piece of electricity itself that i remember i came across a study once just researching piece of electricity there were some guys in um university in india somewhere i think it was who uh had an experiment where they showed that if you sat someone they had this big um <laughs> this huge plastic chair where their feet wouldn't touch the floor mm-hmm. um and they measured um i think they were measuring the um surface voltage of the of the body pre and post and they basically had a system where they measured the person pre and then they'd sit them in the chair and they'd vibrate the chair and just because the body was vibrating in the chair they'd then retest and they showed that there, that there was a, a you got an increase in the body voltage from just moving the body and i you know i thought that was that was interesting as well i wonder whether things like whole body vibration training have an underlying yeah. um just thinking about you, you know electrical uh phenomena when you look at the um the shifts that you get in growth hormone and, and all those kinds of things, like the more metabolic and hormonal shifts that occur from that kind of stuff. Right. I think you just have to keep taking it back, um, and, and look for the, the people who originate this stuff. Um, Ling is another guy who talks about, um, you know, from the cellular perspective, um, there's just so many like, you know, yeah. but it, it is, out, it is out there. It's, yeah. uh, it's not fringe. It's just, it's just that it's not no, no, no. discussed, yeah. but it's absolutely fundamental.
0: Yes. Yeah. And what I mean, absolutely, it's, it is not French, It is definitely out there. But I, I think this is for those of us who do like to kind of get into uh, these deep dives and go into it. I, I think it can be difficult to find some of this stuff because obviously there's different trends as it relates to healthcare and different things like that. So I think it's always helpful to help uh, uh, everyone kind of have a starting point and i totally agree with you the body electric by david uh, robert obecker excuse me um is an excellent book and he was an orthopedic surgeon i believe yeah yeah yeah, yeah and he did a ton of research back in 70s 80s with 60s 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 as well yeah so you know he was using electricity for fractures things like that and the salamander discussion with the 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 deafferentation of the cells is is very fascinating so
1: yeah um, it's a a really good starting point he also one of the the early guys um discussing the you know the influence of non-native electromagnetic fields on the human body and that kind of thing mm -hmm. still you know some controversy over that today and um all, it's all out there, man, and it's just—it's just, it's just not—it's not—it's um, not—it's dis- not discussed it, to a degree that it becomes useful across the.
0: I think that's a better way of, of saying what I was trying to say. Is it's, it's just not discussed as much as I, I think it should. To be honest with you, and I think you might agree with that.
1: One hundred percent. I mean, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> at the end of the day, my my entire purpose when working with someone has been looking to find the most effective uh, way. And the most consistent way that I can gain results for someone and make them better. And I've had a drive to be where I want to understand why that's happening, which is why I've been on the path I have and trying to, you know, researching stuff and experimenting and coming up with a system that seems to do that fairly consistently. Um, So if there was an easier way that I could use with more people across a great variety of dysfunctions, I would be doing that. Yes. Um, that I just, you know, it's been a while now and i I'm, I just haven't found a more fundamental way in which to interact with the body, you know? Um, and it continues to expand like the whole mm-hmm. subtle energy stuff. Now, more use of intention. I've been working remotely with clients for 18 months, which I never planned on, <laughs> you know, that was never, a lot of us my, didn't
0: plan for things this past 18 no one, months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I never, ever thought i would be doing that i you know but that's how i've adapted to it and and i you know i mean we can talk about how weird i am now but that's that's fine but um yeah it, it, it th- there's there's something to how you can interact with the human body which is so removed from physical manipulation and mobilization but is mm-hmm. equally as effective uh, i, I think that's violent. such an
0: important thing that's not Taught, I don't even know if you can teach it in in school in educational programs, but especially in the manual therapy world, you're you're touching the individual you're working with. You're having an interaction with them. It's important stuff. We we know there there is great research out there about you know patients who are experiencing stress don't necessarily uh, uh, come out of their rehabilitation programs with as great effects as those who aren't under stress, the uh, influence of my energy, my attitude, my mood, whatever you want to call it, on my patients, on the people I interact with, like you we were talking about our kids before we started there too, is I know this and I, I, I hit myself for it, but when I'm in a bad mood, I notice that I almost like irradiates radiates around my house. And it's like now all of a sudden my six-year-old son is being angsty and stuff like that. And I'm just looking at my wife and go, sorry, that was on me. It was my energy, you know, yeah, yeah. it's important stuff that really does need to be put out there. if We're going to be working with and interacting with patients.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know we start to touch on what is a, a vast topic and what underlies the fact that a lot of this stuff isn't discussed and and in in many circles isn't accepted is because especially with something like remote healing sure. is that it's considered inherently unscientific they say well it, it's you can't it's unscientific so why would we give it any attention um you know in an ideal world all scientific endeavor would be a dispassionate investigation of phenomena um But it doesn't tend to go like that because, you know, the world tends to, especially the Western uh, world, works on a scientific model, which, whilst absolutely brilliant, and I am not a scientist and I have ultimate respect for everyone who's who's involved in in any kind of scientific research, um, it's an incomplete model because it doesn't include um, consciousness and and more of the, it's starting to include more of mind, but it doesn't include consciousness. And that's a pretty big part of being a human being and interacting with other human beings. Um, yeah. So the scientific model itself doesn't include some of the things that people like myself and those who may work in war was considered alternative or complementary uh, methods um, relies on. You know that that's it's, it's it's the promotion of the use of intention and that interaction and 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 and. Uh, you know, these more, um, less, dis- these less discussed aspects of physiology that are actually underlying how these things, these things work. So yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky to get all this stuff out there and just accept it because it is it, weird. <laughs> it is inherently weird to a lot of people, but, um, I got over that pretty quick when I, when I just saw how effective it could be, cause that's all I was really concerned about. I yeah. don't, I'm, I'm in a fortunate enough position that I'm not, you know, I don't really care. <laughs> uh, what someone may or may not think about um you know what i'm doing and t- it doesn't make any difference i just want to be effective so um
0: isn't it been- fantastic when you're helping people and the, and you've been into it enough where you just don't care
1: i was like yeah whatever this yeah. is weird i know
0: you're helping yeah. you helping people right? <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah and you may you said it at the outset this, you know not everything works for everyone that's a great thing to understand you were looking for something that you have noticed is working for a lot more people when other things weren't working so you know that's important for us to really remember we need to dive into those things when we are striking out if you will with someone who you know they're not responding to what i'm trying what am i going to try i'm going to try something else you know Uh, i tell my students all the time it's like you can't just focus on one particular technique if you only have one technique that's all you can do and if somebody doesn't fit that technique where they're not responding to that what are you going to do outside of that? So you got to expand your horizons, your approach.
1: Yeah, hundred um, percent. I, I think to a degree you can. There are obviously, you know, some people are going to choose to um, be more specialised and work with certain populations that they have the best outcomes with, and and that's that's fine. That's a um, that's one way to go. I just have the kind of annoying uh, mind where if I come across something that no one's been able to help, and they end up in front of me, I'm Gonna try and stick with it as long as I can until I've worked something out effective for that person. Yeah. And this is the point. It's not that it's like I'm not, I'm not changing or having to learn a new technique. I'm having to learn more about how to gain the information from that individual's physiology, which is the information that's required to 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 help them through their problem. Do you know what I mean? So it's not technique-based, it tends to be more um. Research and awareness base. So once I have something come into my awareness as the mechanism of maybe what they're they're suffering, um, I can then work with removing the resistance and applying the voltage. And the same approach applies, but it's it's you know that that's that's a never ending journey. I worked with a lady um, just last week who was um, suffering a headache. In um, she was suffering headaches and some vertigo symptoms, and some other transient symptoms. She'd recently uh, stopped taking in a SSRI um, and she worried that whether the the symptoms were due to a fall that she had or what it was. And, you know, we were able to resolve those fairly quickly, but it was was due to, it seemed to be due to the SSRI um, withdrawal. But still, it's not like I was applying a technique specific to SSRI withdrawal. It was, I was working with her physiology and finding where the resistance was relative to, that on a dysfunctional level, and then when we applied, you know, the tapping and, and worked through it over the course of a couple of sessions, she was she was much much better. So
0: yeah, um,
1: yeah, it is very it's a very freeing um, thing, and it's it's going to constantly evolve because there'll always be there's always more to learn.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and th- that's what I mean is is it's not just okay you just do this one thing you learn how to do that really well and just do it on everybody. It's something that you can work on. You look at it as a system. You, you, you look at it as a, a way to really uh, figure out what's going on with the individual in front of you, which is, you know, we, sit, we have a slide in, in one of our lectures at Rock tape is if you know one technique, you know one technique. If you know a system, you know a thousand techniques. And this is that kind of approach is really being able to look at the individual. It's the same for everybody who does thorough movement assessments, who does thorough neurological exams, cardiovascular exams. You're taking a lot of information and putting it together to really understand what's wrong with the individual. And then you start to go into doing what that person really needs to have done. So let's look into the education system. Um, I'm curious, you know, how long have you been, had you been kind of working with this before you started to say, this is good. I, I kind of want to put this out there and help people learn this kind of thing. How did you uh, systematize this? How did you get this into an education course?
1: Yeah. So I think, from about between sort of 2009 um, and 2012, it was very kind of uh, functional neuro heavy. Mm-hmm. And I felt very clever because I was assessing all sorts of things that were to do with the brain and the nervous system. Um, and it was around I, I have that.
0: To, I have to stop you there. If, if anybody who follows me on social media knows my fascination with the cerebellum, <laughs> David is to blame for that. Yeah, sorry about that. David is to blame for that. He got me yeah, into yeah. it with a lot of this coursework and I was just, I was blown away by that.
1: Love, love a bit of the cerebellum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love a vermis. Um, yeah. So I felt very clever and important because I was doing all this stuff with brain and the nervous system. Um, and it was around that kind of, in the middle of that time between 2009 and, and 2012 that I became aware of the sort of tapping side of things and the touch and the slightly more esoteric um, world of, of, you know, therapeutic interventions. Um, and I think I, I, I worked on, you know, evolving what I found to be the most effective way, bizarrely effective way of tapping on people and touching and muscle testing stuff, probably all in for, um, I'm not sure three to five years, something like that. Um, you know, busting out clients all day, every day, um, having all of that feedback, you know, in session and, and, uh, seeing things happen and seeing things change. And, um, I met Luke while I was working in a, a private uh, facility, my business partner, he was a um, ex elite level gymnast and personal trainer and all around. One of the most intelligent people I've ever met he's, he's incredibly, incredibly intelligent. And he, uh, he saw what I was doing. And we were out at a party once and he was saying, man, if I could do what you do, I'd be so rich by now. And he was <laughs> like, you know, I would do this and I would do that. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And, um. Uh, You know, I thought, look, I I think there's really something here. Um, I'd I'd like to start trying to teach this stuff, and we started, you know, and we partnered up at the time. We said, look, let's just let's see what happens. Let's run with this. Um, And Luke took over the kind of the business and the everything else side, and um, I stuck with what I was good at, which was content, and then I gradually started to be able to get the point across to other people, um, which is, is difficult for me, um, being in front of people and talking. That's something I've always had a terrible fear of, but I haven't ever let on when I'm teaching. People seem to think I'm good at it. Um, and it evolved from there. And we just, we, we, we started teaching some live stuff. We, we introduced some functional neuro concepts into exercise um, to expand on the fact that, hey, look, you know, gymnastics, there's a reason these guys are can move so well um as is akandarsas and acrobats and this kind of stuff and it's to do with the cerebellum and functional neuro and all of this proprioceptive in and proprioceptive out and the complexity of movement let's try and get some of this into the fitness industry it's one of the first things we did with a uh, uh just a, an exercise program teaching functional your aspects and how you can incorporate that you know exercise in the brain you've got a brain and when you move you can stimulate things in certain ways um and then evolve to more clinical stuff thereafter um so it's been probably you know all it's been really since since two thousand nine consistently um, working on putting it together a system and it's really a stage now where it's been uh, you know it's pretty refined now all of our stuff is online um, it's uh, it's all available through various levels of practitioner certification what we call holistic health um, coach which is all of the lifestyle um, stuff uh, mind meditation movement uh, nutrition a little bit of therapy and uh, the rest is essentially either introductory information for people you know earlier in their careers and and as personal trainers and then the more clinical stuff which uh, is for anyone working clinically with with clients and looking for you know, looking for a, a new or different way, different perspective. Um, so we have, yeah, level one, two, three um, practitioner certifications taking you through the neuro. We basically go from cerebellum and uh, rate, rhythm, force, and accuracy. We talk about uh, balance. We talk about um, coordination. And we then move you into more of the extraceptive systems uh, relative to the uh, somatocentric cortex and the motor cortex and how to interact with those through touch and the spine and proximal joints etc and then we move into the more interceptive systems in level three Um, and then we have mastermind modules which just extrapolate out on here's how you know ways we can intervene with people who can't sleep and here's the emotional motor system and here's how we can work with neuromechanics and all this kind of stuff straight through to um uh, working with um you know neurological inflammation and and effects of uh, traumatic brain injury and that kind of thing yeah.
0: it's a vast wealth of hey there's your dog <laughs> dog's just
1: your dogs just turned up
0: <laughs> i have to interrupt you for a second <laughs> so it's just a, a vast wealth of knowledge there um the website is amnacademy.com um you know Oftentimes I get asked, you know, like, do you have to start at kind of a beginner tier and then kind of move forward? Or can you jump into one or the other, depending on where you are as far as how you practice?
1: Yeah, I mean, the general general track is that we go from level one through three um, practitioner certifications. And then, um, you know, we encourage people to further their study um, into the mastermind modules, which are more specific to certain populations. Um, We are, generally speaking, open. To um more advanced practitioners, if they feel they've covered something, you know, the functional urine stuff that appears in level one and they want to jump in more to level two, three stuff and onwards. And that's something people can just discuss with the office, and we are uh, we can, you know, we're open to that. Um the holistic health side of things we feel is um useful for everyone. Um it's basically discussing, again, from a biological perspective, the influence of uh meditation and thought on our physiology and our health from a biological perspective uh, that that of nature uh, non-native electromagnetic fields hydration uh, nutrition etc cetera, etc cetera, all as trying to un- trying to uncover if we're talking about health people say oh well, you know what is it to be healthy it's a really open kind of question that can be difficult to define right. um it should go it should go further than just being free of disease um but how do we establish a baseline what are the things that somebody should be doing Ideally, from this fundamental understanding of our physiology to say, okay, if, if I cover these bases, I'm, I'm, I'm at a fundamental point where okay, okay, here I can really start to build on health. And that's what the holistic health um, coaching information is about. It's about here's why we as human beings need to interact with nature. Um, here's why we should all meditate. Um, here's why we should move in certain ways. Um, and here's what exercise does to our, to our brain. And this is where information is. And this is, a, we need to keep it down, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that stuff we feel is across the board for anyone in the health and wellness industry. And um, that's actually something that we're, um, uh, we're, we're working on with them um, in live format at the moment with workshops and challenges where people can come in and learn a bit more about that stuff. So they, they just hit the website up they'll find the information www.amenacademy.com.
0: Is there uh, usually you guys do kind of a rolling or not rolling, but um, enrollment at certain times. Is this uh, wide open now, or are you still doing uh, certain enrollments at different times?
1: So holistic health stuff, um, this real foundational stuff is open um, very uh, frequently. The certification intakes, um, generally speaking, we do three times a year. And I think the next one uh, is probably due in, october november time i'm not entirely sure the exact date but it'll be coming up pretty soon but again any information you just contact us uh, via the website via um, facebook wherever means you find us and um we can yeah discuss things from there
0: What's up, everybody? It's John. Thank you so much for downloading the Rock Tape Podcast. And as a thank you, I want to offer you 15% off your next order of tape, topicals, and mobility tools and apparel at shop.rocktape.com. 15% off the best tape and gear around. Just use the code ROCKCAST. That's R-O-C-K-C-A-S-T at shop.rocktape.com for 15% off your next order. That's the code ROCKCAST for 15% off your next order of rock tape so you can go Stronger, longer. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff on there, especially you know, like like David said, is everybody has kind of a, a way in, depending on whether you're a fitness instructor, personal trainer, uh, clinician, maybe you're a student. You want to learn a little bit more about this the system uh, and, and understand things a little bit differently as you start to go out into practice as well too where can people find you on social media if they wanted to get in touch or interact?
1: Yeah. Um, Facebook, Amen Academy, Instagram, Amen Academy. Um, I'm currently in the process of, uh, starting to put together, uh, to author a book, which I, I hope, um, you know, more people than just my parents will read, um, <laughs> <laughs> um a concept called live well, die well, um, which I'm, I'm, I'm starting to try and lean into now. So will, I will have, I will begin to have more of a personal presence on the old social media channels as well. Um, David Fleming, but that's not currently, uh, not currently in action. So the best place to get a hold of, um, myself and, and, and the office is, is through amenacademy.com mm-hmm. or through the Facebook or Instagram channel.
0: Can you, uh, give us a, any preview of the book? Is it even at that point where you could do that?
1: Uh, I can discuss some of the things, man. It's (laughs) like it's um, you know, live well is kind of an amalgamation of the um, the some of the concepts we've been discussing from you know fundamental aspects of health, um, and a lot of stuff around um, not mindset but understanding, um, thought. What is what is original thought and what is pattern behavior? Hmm. Um, and you know, through the process of meditation and and uh, and. And expanding your awareness—that's a you know one of the things people throw around—but by when you do expand awareness to the point that um, you can become you can become aware of your unconscious processes and when you're firing uh, negative conditioned patterns, and you can when you catch them, you can you can stop them, and you can bring yourself back more to uh, direct experience. I often talk about. A default mode network, which we've discussed, and um and direct experience um, networks of the brain, and and when we are a lot of people will spend a lot of time in the default mode networks, which is your kind of your you know your own autobiography. It's you kicking around in your own mind, um, somewhat detached from the present moment, the sensorial experience of the present moment, um, where you're building out. You know your own your own thoughts and patterns and conditioning, and that's often it can often be negative, and it can be conditioned with negative emotions, and and people can exist in those in those uh, in those patterns, unfortunately, and that can lead to resistance and dysfunction, and and um, not being as happy and and free of mind as you could be, and when you can spend more time in direct experience, where it's you're just plugged into the moment, um, it, you know, it's my understanding experience that that is more where. Intuition comes from and where um, original thought can occur, and it's definitely where um, you get closer towards you know these happiness and contentment. Although contentment is and and is something to be slightly wary of if you want to actually get other things done.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) But (laughs) um, so you know, it's that it's that um, it's that kind of focus on live well, and then I am really you know die well. There's two elements to it. There's the fact that we want to live a life where we don't have some horrible demise at the end of it, you know, dementia, um, and whatever, you know, the many other, um, terrible diseases that we can end the life i I don't want that i don't want that for my kids i don't want to be a burden to anyone and i want to be able to enjoy as much time as i have i don't want to live forever that'd be terrible but um (laughs) you know i want to enjoy the time that i have however long that may be and do it in a healthy capacity so that's part of um live well and to die well and also investigating what people find very uncomfortable discussing which is more about death and um, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, there, the, thereafter, the potential thereafter and discussing these things, cause it's, it's not, again, it's not discussed, but the data is out there. Um, the information is out there. People research this stuff and there's a lot of information and data on the concept of reincarnation and, uh, consciousness slash awareness and potentially surviving death and basically my kind of philosophy on those things. So it covers a, a lot of ground, um. Yeah. And it, it allows me to lean into things that are kind of top of mind of interest for me um, currently, which is very much around sort of consciousness and awareness and, and that sort of thing.
0: That sounds fascinating. That's, that's, that's really cool. That'll be a great read. Really cool stuff. Um, everybody should check this out. This is, I personally feel uh, there is something for everybody, uh, depending on how you practice, what type of practitioner you are, you'll find something that can help you. And, and David is, is just a perfect illustration of everything we say a lot is how did we all get into this? We were broken and we wanted to fix ourselves. So you have uh, a ton of different uh, testimonials on that website. The education is great. I can tell, tell you personally, it's changed the way that I practice, the way that I just approach working with uh, uh, people as well too. And it's great stuff that's out there. So really cool stuff, really Great stuff to come as well that book sounds fascinating that sounds like a great great read everyone should check that out it's amnacademy.com uh facebook instagram just amn academy correct yeah and then eventually on social media david fleming or some variation of a handle or something like that right something like that yeah something like that we'll make it fun if you need to Well, David, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, fantastic conversation. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me, man. Much appreciated.